This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome, crypto fam, to the number one daily Bitcoin pod. Lots to share today. I'll be breaking down the latest Bitcoin technical analysis as we close out November. Also breaking news just in, MicroStrategy buys another 16,130 BTC for $593 million. MicroStrategy now holds 174,530 BTC. Like, whoa. Also in today's show, Grayscale initiates a significant amendment to their GBTC trust agreement. I'll be breaking this down for you. We'll also be sharing the Bitcoin ETF race gets the 13th entrant as BlackRock revises their ETF model. We'll also be sharing breaking news. Suriname ponders national Bitcoin adoption with a 1% reserve strategy. Let's go. We'll also be discussing Samson Mao says $1 million Bitcoin price is expected and could come as soon as days after ETF approvals. We'll also be discussing mass Bitcoin adoption. What countries are likely to be next to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender? All this plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Let's kick this mofo off, shall we? Welcome everyone just joining us. Be sure to smash the subscribe button if you're new to the channel to receive daily premium crypto news alerts every single day just like this. You also get a on-screen shout out by yours truly. Also be sure to smash the like button as it helps out tremendously with the YouTube algorithm. Let's kick it off. Today is podcast episode number 1477. I'm your host JV and today is November 30th, 2023, the final day of November. We got Bitcoin currently pulling back and correcting, but let's check out our market watch as we do each and every day. Bitcoin is trading just above 37,000. The other day we hit as high as 38.3, looking to retest 38.5, but then the bear swarmed in and took us back under 38,000. We also have Ether correcting, but maintaining above 2,000. We got BNB, XRP, Cardano, and Solana all correcting and in the red. And they say, when in doubt, zoom out. So let's check out the seven day. Bitcoin is in the green, but barely for the week and zooming out for the one month, which is a 30 day perspective. Bitcoin's still up. 9% on the month and roughly 130% on the year. Not too shabby. We got Ether up 12% on the month, Solana up a whopping 70%, and Cardano up over. 
23%. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap sits at $1.42 trillion with $45 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. The Bitcoin dominance back on the decline at 51.9% and the Ether dominance at 17.2%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, we got Injective leading the pack up 8% on the day, trading just shy of 18 bucks. followed by Theta Network up 6.5%, trading at $1.03, followed by Polkadot, which is up 5%, trading at $5.53. Below that, we have Render, FTT, and ApeCoin. Now, which altcoins, if any, for this bull run are you most bullish on? Please do let me know. And checking out Crypto Bubbles so we can get a visual perspective. You can see on the day, there's a mixed bag, some in the green, some in the red with the top gainers being INJ, we mix and theta and zooming out on the weekly. We got more in the green and zooming out on the monthly, virtually all the major cryptos pumping and in the green and checking out the crypto greed and fear index. It shows we're currently rated a 74 in greed. Yesterday was a 72 last week, a 66 and last month, a 66 and greed. So there you have it. What do you think the Moonvember monthly closing price is likely to be? Yes. So let's dive in without further ado. Check out our Bitcoin technical analysis, the charts where the Bitcoin price action is likely to go next. And welcome to y'all just joining us. Appreciate the support. Bitcoin brushed off fresh U.S. macro data into the November 30th Wall Street Open as traders focus on the monthly close. Here you're looking at the Bitcoin one hour candle chart. Now data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed Bitcoin sticking to the narrow intraday range just below 38,000. After a failed breakout the day prior, hopes were high that the Fed's preferred inflation metric, which is the personal consumption expenditures, the PCE index, would be fueling that volatility. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. However, had not come to pass at this time with November's final Wall Street Open still to come. PCE came in broadly in line with expectations, a boost for the Fed's monetary tightening and reinforcement of declining inflation. Meanwhile, querying whether the interest rates might now begin to fall, the key takeaways for risk assets, according to the Kabisi letter, said stay cautious. Quoting them here, another sign inflation is falling, but still above the Fed's 2% target. Can the Fed really? Pivot now. What are your thoughts? Also, they alluded to the words of Bill Ackman, founder and CEO of hedge fund Pershing Square Capital Management, who earlier in the week predicted rate cuts beginning as soon as quarter one of 2024. Quoting him here, it's important to note that the effects of monetary policy lag. However, does the Fed really want to risk jumping the gun and cutting rates too soon? We believe calls for rate cuts in quarter one 2024 are too ambitious, but let me know your thoughts, crypto fam. Meanwhile, PCE did not manage to dent the market expectations of the Fed policy with data from the CME Group's FedWatch tool showing almost unanimous expectations of a rate hike pause continuing next month, which you can see here, they give that a 96% 
probability. Now let's discuss November price gains nearing 10%, not too shabby. For market participants, the monthly close was of more interest, up nearly 10% in November, making it the first green 11th month of the year since 2020. Now above 37.6, the close would become its highest since May of 2022. Now in November of 2021 and 2022, Bitcoin actually fell 7.1% and 16.2%, respectively, as per data from CoinGlass, as you can see here in your screen. And analyzing the current chart setup, we have trader Jelly, who saw reasons to be bullish on Bitcoin's RSI. Quitting him here, after spending the past month building up a giant hidden bullish divergence, Bitcoin has breached its RSI downtrend, and the chart showed the required area for the bulls to secure, which you can see here. He also shared, if price can hold the gray box, I think this starts moving higher soon. All eyes are on the monthly close. So there you have it. So let me know where you feel the Bitcoin price will likely take us for this monthly close. And also breaking news, which is going to be our next story. MicroStrategy, talk about buying the dip. They just bought another 16,000 Bitcoin for almost $600 million and now officially hold 174,530 BTC on their balance sheet like whoa. So massive shout out to Mike Saylor. He is the true G right here. This massive buy from uh, MicroStrategy making big moves. And again, shout out to Mike Saylor. MicroStrategy, the NASDAQ listed business intelligence software giant that made waves over three years ago, becoming the first publicly traded company to put Bitcoin on the balance sheet has gone on another buying spree. The firm's former CEO and founder, Mike Saylor, outlined the latest Bitcoin purchase, which was worth nearly $600 million. That's right. Here you go. Saylor asserted the company he founded over the three decades ago spent $593 million to buy 16,130 BTC for an average price of $36,785 per Bitcoin. This has become MicroStrategy's second Bitcoin purchase for November. As reported before, the firm recently bought 155 BTC for $5.3 million at the start of the month. And the latest acquisition puts the company's total staff at 174,530 BTC. It just spent under 5.3 billion to purchase that total amount. This means that MicroStrategy is sitting on a massive unrealized profit currently of over $1.2 billion given Bitcoin's current price of 37,750. And this is the initial announcement from Michael Saylor. This morning, MicroStrategy acquired an additional 16,130 BTC for $593.3 million at an average price of $36,785. As of November 29th, MicroStrategy now hodls 174,530 BTC, acquired for $5.28 billion at an average price of $30,252 per Bitcoin. So that's their average buy amount. And clearly, they're in the green, profitable with over a billion dollars. So clearly, their strategy has been working out. Now, as reported over the weekend, the bullish developments with MicroStrategy stock price movements this year being so connected to Bitcoin and given the crypto's yearly surge, the company's shares have been on a roll since January 10th, doing fantastic. How many of you are invested into MicroStrategy? Please
please let me know. They also reached a high not seen in over a year at above 520 after a 250% surge this year in 2023. And before the opening bells on Thursday, MicroStrategy's price had retraced slightly, but still stands currently above $500. So there you have it. Leave some stats for the rest of us plebs. That's right. Leave some for us, fam. Anyways, now let's dive into our next story of the day. We just shared the latest with MicroStrategy doing another massive buy uh, for you know 16,000 BTC added to their balance sheet. Now let's discuss the latest with GBTC, who is the largest hodler of Bitcoin in the world, uh, with 620,000 plus BTC on their balance sheet. If you don't know, that's the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. So let's break down their latest as they initiate significant amendments to their trust agreement. The world's largest crypto asset management company, Grayscale, recently made a few significant adjustments to the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust Agreement for the first time in five years, signaling a strategic shift. And a quick shout out to Mr. A Rusty Beat Cran, I appreciate the super chat and thank you for sending your first super chat ever. He wrote, was a Ishcoin bull until you converted me fam. Now, so close to my goal of making my two-year-old daughter a whole coiner by the end of the year and just found out my wife's pregnant again. Time to get back grinding. Well, massive congratulations on that front. Massive congrats for your daughter becoming two years old and also becoming a whole coiner. That is massive and good to hear you're all in now on Bitcoin and congratulations on the new uh, child on the way. Massive, massive congrats all the way around. Let's freaking go. I appreciate your kindness. Much love. Now on Wednesday, November 29th, Grayscale submitted a, a consent uh, solicitation statement in an effort to amend the trust agreement governing the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust with the assets of the shareholders. Uh, quoting the Grayscale spokesperson here, today Grayscale has outlined proposed amendments for GBTC's trust agreement that are intended to provide operational efficiencies that we believe are beneficial to both Grayscale and GBTC. Importantly, this is our normal course of business and GBTC remains ready to uplist as a spot Bitcoin ETF to the NYSE ARCA upon appropriate regulatory approvals. Now, the aim is to enhance the GBTC framework in preparation for a potential turn to a spot Bitcoin ETF, which they're looking to convert their product into a spot. And as a result of this, it will ensure equitable competition with other competitors, possibly including BlackRock, the world's largest asset management firm, which is a well-known asset manager. Now, according to the Wednesday filing, the two main adjustments were made in the agreement. These include a change in the collection of fees and consolidation of assets into an all-inclusive account structure. Now, the first proposal would allow the fund fees to be paid on a monthly basis, to a daily basis, this shift is a structural improvement rather than a charge reduction as Grayscale had affirmed. It will not change the fee amount but just the payment frequency. Quoting the filing here, with the changes we are seeking, the sponsor's fee would be payable daily in arrears as the sponsor will maintain the discretion and to instruct the custodian to withdraw Bitcoin from the Bitcoin account equal to the accrued but unpaid sponsor fee. Now, currently the firm charges a 2% management fee on GBTC. Meanwhile, companies waiting for approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF typically charge between 0.7 and 1% 
10% in fees. And breaking down the math from a previous interview with Michael Saylor, just 1% fees on an ETF could mean ultimately paying 20% of the lifetime of your investment over the long haul, like talking about 20, 30 years. So 2%, that could potentially add up to a lot, 30, 40% of your investment. So keep that in mind. The second proposal will make it possible for some trust assets to be retained in omnibus accounts in the short term. This would enable more effective share creation as well as redemption as is an important function for the operation of the Bitcoin ETF. Now let's discuss shareholders to vote for the approval of these proposals. Now Grayscale decided that the stockholders will have to vote in favor of both propositions. While not necessary, the adjustments can result in improved operational efficiency and a possible conversion of the GBTC into a spot Bitcoin ETF. Now, in order to execute the suggested proposal, the company will not impose any extra expenses on its shareholders. The shareholders have been given 20 days to cast their votes in relation to the suggested proposals. Quoting the filing again, GB. TC shareholders will not pay any additional fees as a result of the proposed amendments. The board of directors of Grayscale Investments, LLC, recommends you vote for the two proposals according to the filing. So there you have it, my crypto fam. And do you guys feel that GBTC's product, their trust, will likely be converted into a spot Bitcoin ETF? Please do let me know. Let's dive into our next uh, story of the day and discuss the ETF race. Let's go. We know another major deadline is coming up in roughly 45 days, January 10th. I think there's a deadline January 3rd. If we don't get the approval by January, then March is the next likely deadline. But the ETF experts are giving it a 90% chance that we get this ETF approval sooner than later. But let's break this down. We also have Swiss asset manager Pando Asset becoming an unexpected late entrant into the spot Bitcoin ETF race in the United States. On the same day, investment giant BlackRock met with the country's security regulator to pitch the updated ETF model based on the agency's feedback. On November 29th, Pando submitted a Form S-1 to the US SEC used to register the securities with the agency for the Pando asset spot, Bitcoin Trust. And like other ETF bids, the trust aims to track the Bitcoin price with the custody arm of the crypto exchange Coinbase to hold Bitcoin on behalf of the trust. So there we have have it, Coinbase, a custodian for another asset manager. Pando makes it the 13th applicant for an approved spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States, joining the race with a dozen others, including BlackRock, ARK Invest, and Grayscale. Now in a November 29th post, Bloomberg ETF analyst Eric Balchuna said he has more questions than answers about Pando's filing, questioning why this has come in so late. Quoting him here, we have a late entrant into the spot Bitcoin ETF race, Pando, who already offers crypto ETPs over in Europe. More questions than answers. Where have they been for the last three months? Why bother at this point? If they make January 10th crew, what does that say about fair play? And even society as we know it. And what exactly is a Pando? <laughs> Good questions. Balchuna has also raised concerns about the implications. Should Pando's ETF be amongst the Bitcoin ETF filings he predicts will be approved by January 10th? Uh, he also, uh, we also have Eric Balchunas, fellow ETF analyst to James Safart, saying they have put their money on January 10th as the day that all the spot Bitcoin ETFs would be approved at once, as it is the deadline for the SEC to deny or approve ARC's invest 
application. However, Safehart told his followers that he doubt Pando's ETF is ready to go on the first day with others, but crazier things have happened, I guess. Now let's discuss BlackRock meeting with the SEC to discuss their ETF bid. The SEC met with BlackRock and Invesco executives November 28th to discuss their ETF bids, according to the agency documents. They also met with the, AC, uh, the SEC November 20th, I heard, along with Grayscale. Now, BlackRock pitched a revision to its redemption model to address the SEC concerns from the earlier meeting on the balance sheet impacts and risk to U.S. broker dealers dealing with the offshore crypto entities. Balchunas explained the revision sees the offshore entity getting Bitcoin from Coinbase and prepaying the U.S. registered broker-dealer in cash, which cannot directly handle BTC, as the outlines here on X. Looks like BlackRock met with the SEC in Trading and Markets Division again yesterday and Gabe presented them with a revised in-kind model design based on staff's comments at their November 20th meeting. He also says, here's the original versus the revised in-kind model. Look like the new thing is step four, which is the offshore entity market maker getting Bitcoin from Coinbase and then prepaying in cash to the U.S. registered broker dealer who is not allowed to touch BTC, which he explained in the November 17th post uh, that the broker dealers can't deal in Bitcoin and that the SEC was asking the ETFs to have redemption models that puts the onus on issuers to transact in Bitcoin, keeping the broker dealers from having to use unregistered subsidiaries or third party firms to deal with the Bitcoin. So there you have it. My crypto fam, what are your thoughts surrounding the ETF race? And where do you feel regarding the 13th entrant? Do you think it will likely be approved with a dozen others on the desk of the chairman of the SEC, Gary Gensler, right now? And do you feel we'll likely get that green light in January or the inevitable will occur and it'll be pushed back yet again? Let me know your honest thoughts. But anyways, let's dive into our next story of the day. We still got a lot to cover here. Speaking of uh, mass Bitcoin adoption. We have a country by the name of Suriname. I'm not even familiar with this country, but I saw the news and this is breaking. So I'm going to share this with you. You can check it out here. We got Jan 3 Samson Mao basically orange pilling the country right here. They're looking for a strategic reserve strategy of allocating 1% into Bitcoin. Now, Suriname, I looked up the geographics. It is located just above Brazil. And if I'm not mistaken, their population is over 625,000 people. The Brazil population is over 200 million people. And the Colombia population is over 50 million people. And uh, so, you know, this is a pretty big deal. And speaking of that population, you can see here, Samson Mao recently met with the Columbia president to discuss adopting Bitcoin. So there you have it. Just between Colombia and Brazil and this other country I'm pointing out right here, that's a population of over 300 million people collectively. Let's go. So Argentina, Guatemala, Mexico, Colombia, or Suriname, which country will be next to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender? Maybe the latest entry, Suriname, and a move that can position the small South American country at the forefront of the global movement. The South American nation is contemplating the adoption of Bitcoin as a significant part of its national economic strategy. Let's go. This development follows a series of high-profile meetings between Suriname's president, Chan Santoki, and representative from Jan 3, who is Samson Mao, who is widely recognized for its role in promoting Bitcoin adoption 
competition at the national level globally, including in El Salvador. The move could position Suriname as a trailblazer in Bitcoin adoption amongst nations. Let's go. During the meeting with the president, Samson Mao and Ben Van Hool emphasized Bitcoin's transformative potential for Suriname's economy. Quoting him here, we were honored to meet with the president, Shan Satoki, to discuss the possibility of Suriname advancing on its own Bitcoin strategy. They emphasized the transformative potential of Bitcoin, particularly in the energy sector. They also extended beyond that, as highlighted by the statement from Jan 3. Bitcoin could transform Suriname's economy. The government of Suriname and Jan 3 are exploring ways to boost Bitcoin's usage. They're even considering converting 1% of their central bank's reserves into Bitcoin. Let's go. This could be a potential safeguard against inflation and a new economic boost. That's right. Now, what if they were to convert 10% of their central bank reserves into Bitcoin? You already know, fam. And according to World Data, Suriname's gross domestic product amounted to $3.6 billion for the entire nation, placing the country at the 171st in the global economic rankings. And in addition, Suriname recorded a considerable inflation rate of 52% last year in 2022. Sounds like they need Bitcoin. Now, international reserves, including gold, were reported at 1,194 million US dollars for the past year. And expressing optimism about the future collaboration, we got Ban Van Hool, who shared a personal insight. Heading home now, but my gut feeling says I'll be back here soon. This sentiment indicates the positive trajectory of the discussions of the potential for rapid development in Suriname's Bitcoin adoption. Now, Andrew Howard, the chief business officer of Jan3, elaborated on the unique opportunities that smaller countries like Suriname have in embracing Bitcoin. How many of you have actually heard of Suriname before this? That's actually a great question. Let me know in that chat, as I have never even heard of the country until this story just came out. Probably not many. That's the interesting thing about Bitcoin adoption and policy. A country with 600,000 is much more open and receptive to speaking with Jan 3 about Bitcoin policy compared to a country with 330 million, for example, the United States. Now, Howard further drew parallels with El Salvador, the first country to embrace Bitcoin as the legal tender. He noted, like El Salvador, Suriname will benefit from embracing the native currency of the internet rather than driving out innovation and companies from their jurisdiction. Bitcoin can turn third world countries into first world countries. Preach. The local news report from Suriname provided additional insight into the potential impact of Bitcoin on the nation's economy. During the press conference held by Jan3 execs, the company's CEO, Samson Mao, stressed the importance of working with the government to fully harness the benefits of Bitcoin. Mao pointed out the numerous advantages that a decentralized digital currency can bring to the Surinamese economy and its entrepreneurs. Even the Surinamese TV station reported on Jan3's visit and the possible adoption of a national Bitcoin strategy. That's what's up. This was officially reported on their local news. So this is real talks. Just imagine them adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. They're neighbors of Brazil. Brazil has a massive population, probably as big or not larger than the United States. So you already know how massively bullish this is for Bitcoin adoption around the world. Now let's dive into our breaking story of the day. Samson Mao expects the Bitcoin price to hit $1 million per coin. He says that can happen as soon as days or weeks after the approval of spot. 
Bitcoin ETFs. So let's break this down along with his most latest tweets. As I mentioned earlier, he's making big moves. Not only Bitcoin adoption in this other country, we mentioned here by the name of Suriname as he's orange pilling their presidents, but also he's making big moves. Colombia, go, let's go. Colombia has a population of over 50 million people. Suriname has a population of over 600,000 people and is also the neighboring country to Brazil, which has a massive population of over 200 million people. So let's freaking go. Which country do you feel will likely adopt Bitcoin next as a legal tender? Let me know in the live chat. He also recently tweeted, we will see a seismic shift to Bitcoin and sound money. The next five years will be incredible. Guatemala, 2023. Argentina, 2023. The Bitcoin halving scheduled to take place in April of next year. El Salvador, we've already adopted Bitcoin here as a legal tender. Panama, 2024. Mexico, 2024. Shout out Ricardo Salinas. Uh, Canada in 2025, but it could be 2023 or 2024. Peru, 2026. And Nicaragua, 2026. Fix the money, fix the world. Reach. He also shared here, it has come to my attention, there are some Bitcoiners that don't think Bitcoin can reach a million dollars per coin in a matter of days or weeks after the ETF money starts to flow in. They are in for a pleasant surprise. And then you can see the comments are hilarious. You should change your name to Samson Moon now. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, he has some other really good tweets here. Reminder, the ETF approvals will unlock a tidal wave of capital influx into Bitcoin. Pair that with the multiplier effect and and you do get to $1 million per Bitcoin. Now, I also want to share a throwback. This was recently eight days ago, he shared that tweet. And then he reminded us that he shared a tweet December 3rd of 2021, the previous bull cycle, approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF would send Bitcoin to a million per coin over a few days. Gary Gensler and the SEC don't want to be the ones responsible for sending Bitcoin to the moon. Again, this was years ago he shared this and it holds true even to today. And he was responding to Tom Emmer's tweet, the congressman who shared on December 3rd, Gary Gensler, I am still waiting on your response to our November 3rd letter, asking you to make sense of why Bitcoin future ETFs are allowed to trade, but not Bitcoin, spot, ETFs. So this is nothing new. Gary has been playing this game with us now for years. He is the only man standing in the way preventing us from the spot. Bitcoin ETF with currently 13 applications on his desk. So let's break down this million dollar price prediction from Samson Mao, shall we? Here you go. And let's start it right here. He wrote this uh, just recently, November 24th on Twitter. If you think I'm crazy for a $1 million Bitcoin. Please meet Hal. He's referring to Hal Finney, who is the responsible for the very first Bitcoin transaction. And some believe him to be Satoshi, quoting Hal Finney here as an amusing thought experiment. Imagine that Bitcoin is successful. It becomes the dominant payment system in use throughout the world. Then the total value of the currency should be equal to the total value of all the wealth in the world. Current estimates of the total worldwide household wealth that I have found range from 100 trillion to 20 or $300 trillion. Uh, and with 20 million coins, that gives us each a value of about $10 million per Bitcoin. So the possibility of generating coins today with a few cents of computational power and time may be a quite a good bet with the payoff of something like 100 million to one, even if the odds of Bitcoin succeeding to this degree are slim. Are they really 100 million to one against? Something to think about. So there you have it. Hal Finney was calling for a $10 million Bitcoin price 
before the inception of Bitcoin. How lit is that? Now, Mao stated that those who believe one million per Bitcoin is a crazy price should read what Hal Finney wrote and what I just shared with you out loud. Uh, many firmly believe that it was Finney who had hidden behind the synonymous uh, of Satoshi Nakamoto going under the radar since 2010, leaving his invention in the hands of the community. Then Finney passed away in 2014 from consequences of uh, lateral cirrhosis, if I'm pronouncing that right. In the message cited by Mao, Finney assumes that if in the future Bitcoin becomes a dominant payment system in the world, the price of one coin can soar to $10 million per coin. And speaking of some math, here's a Bitcoin expert unveiling the math behind the Bitcoin price prediction. Let's break this one down for you. I believe this is right here. Further elaborating his prediction, Mao referenced Bitcoin's historical growth. In 2017, it took nine months for Bitcoin to go from $1,000 to $20,000. The block subsidy was 12 and a half. There was a lot more Bitcoin sloshing around on the exchanges. Mining was boiling the oceans and there was zero institutional money. That's right. There was no institutional adoption or no hype from institutions back then. And Bitcoin went from 1,000 to 20,000, which is 20X. So next we go from 50,000 to 1 million. That's just another 20X. Nothing we haven't done before. And considering we've already hit 69,000 as the all-time high, keep that in mind. Now, let me know your thoughts uh, surrounding some of this math. And I'm gonna actually break down our next uh, segment right here, where Samson Mao says the SEC will approve all the Bitcoin ETF like all in one shot. He was recently interviewed and asked some good questions. I'm just going to read some of the questions and answers for you here. Do you think Kennedy, referring to uh, RFK Jr., has a chance to win the election? He said, I would say so. And as you know, he is a pro-Bitcoin candidate. He says, independent candidates have never won, but I think Bobby's defection from the Democratic Party and the fact he has tapped into the zeitgeist, he has really captured the imagination of the people, the people that are frustrated with the two-party system, were uh, nothing seems to ever change. Let me know if you agree or disagree. And who will you be voting for for president in 2024? Let me know. Next question. Do you think the public debate puts pressure on the SEC regarding the approval of the pending spot ETFs? He says, I think the SEC has already enough pressure from Congress and from BlackRock. One thing that people don't really understand is that it's not Larry Fink and BlackRock that want the ETF. It's their institutional clients that want it. Their customers are putting pressure on them to get it. And there he makes a good point. Next question, the growing relevance of Bitcoin in the US is also demonstrated by the hash rate. Significant shares are in the hands of large publicly traded and therefore extensively regulated mining farms and mining pools. Could this be a risk? Well, I don't think it's ideal. It'd be better if the hash rate was more decentralized. And note, yesterday I shared breaking news, Jack Dorsey working on a decentralized Bitcoin miner. It would be better if the US only had a 20, 25% portion of the hash rate right now now they're getting 40%. Sometimes the U.S., while it's governed by a stronger rule of law, might represent a danger simply because they want compliance with the existing financial system. Now he asked, could this be a risk to Bitcoin's fungibility? I don't think so, he said. I think there is a censorship risk that they'll try to block transactions, but ultimately, if they try to do that, they'll limit their own profitability because they'll need to go to a blacklist and check that before processing any transaction. And other pools in other countries will 
have the advantage. Now, next up, he was asked, the goal of your company, Jan3, is to promote Bitcoin adoption at the state level. Do you see potential in Africa, especially on the mining side? Here's what he shared. There is potential in decentralizing the hash rate and getting more into Africa, but the challenge is Africa, there is just not that much power to begin with. So you might incentivize creation of new power generation sites, like maybe small hydro dams, but it's never going to compete at the same scope as the mega infrastructure projects in the United States, the ones starting to emerge in Latin America and possibly other places. So Africa might end up building a significant chunk of the hash rate by creating new power sources. The challenge is their new power sources. They're not tapping into excess existing energy. So I guess there's lack of volcanoes out there, fam. Now when asked, what is the most promising country in the future in terms of Bitcoin adoption? And here's what he shared. I think there are a few. Panama, let's go. He says it's interesting. They don't have a central bank, so they can do something relatively quick. There is one candidate we have connections to, and if he wins the elections, then we can talk about Bitcoin. And I said Indonesia is also interesting. Again, a, a massive population in Indonesia, fam. Ridwan Camille is the governor of West Java, and I think he'll be running for vice president. He understands Bitcoin. He understands the potential for mining to transform the country. So that's another big interesting place for us to look at. And I think Argentina is also one because Javier Malay, I think there will be changes afoot, large scale changes, and we have to direct that change towards Bitcoin. I think he is going to dollarize, but we want him to dollarize and Bitcoinize. So there you have it. My crypto fam, which countries do you feel likely will adopt Bitcoin next as the legal tender? And do you feel realistically that Bitcoin has the potential to reach a million dollars per coin as soon as days or weeks after the approval of the spot Bitcoin ETF? And when those trillions start ushering in into the king crypto, please let me know. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in our live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.